talking sports with a passion only Philly fans can comprehend. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast. Philadelphia fans, boo. We do it better than anybody else, I'd like to think. And I wear it like a badge of honor. How can we judge a guy? How can we honestly assess his quarterback play when he's just given some of the most terrible weapons the NFL has ever seen? Here are your hosts. This is one of the more disappointing outcomes for a Philadelphia sports team in the last decade. And John Mita. But Ben Simmons, my God, learn how to shoot. It's the Brotherly Love Podcast on Anchor.fm and all of your podcast platforms. It's another miserable edition, and uh, we'll try and get through it the best we can as a family. I am Joe O'Donnell. John Mita joins me as always. Johnny Mita, are you still alive? Yeah, Joe, I'm here. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I, uh, you know, sat through another miserable performance, but um, didn't really expect anything than more than a miserable performance. I know, so. but does it make it any easier? Well, let's start there, actually, because I've been thinking about this for a few weeks now, right? And it's all about expectations. Again, you can follow us on Twitter, at Love Podcast, where I'm trying to stir the pot more recently. And uh, and try and be more active again. Happy Love Podcast on Twitter. But expectations are interesting, Johnny Mita. They they change our outlook. They change our reaction to a situation. Right, start of the year we had high expectations. Now we don't really expect anything from the Philadelphia Eagles. Considering, you know, if I told you uh, in August, if I said John Mita, the Philadelphia Eagles are going to get literally, literally no production. From Deshaun Jackson and Zach Ertz for the first, you know, two and a half months of the season. They're going to have 10 different offensive line combinations in their first 10 or 11 games. You know, what would you predict for the year? And you'd probably be like, oh, it sounds like a bad football team, right? So now we know sort of what the expectations are, that this team stinks. We expect them to lose. They're underdogs by, you know, the point spread most, most nights. Um, they have shown no signs of improvement. So we go in now thinking, well, they might lose by 30. Uh, so expectations, it happens in life too, like in a job or a relationship or whatever. Like when you expect, you know, the, the, the sky and you get complete garbage, you expect limitless, uh, endless possibilities and you get nothing. Obviously, you're going to be crushed when you expect nothing and you get nothing you know, maybe a handle a little bit better. So I've been thinking about that for a few weeks with this football team. It still doesn't change how I watch the game. Other than I'd say that by the fourth quarter, I'm a little like less angry and more just depressed. Uh, my drinking seems to slow down as the game moves on as well because of the depression that sets in. Uh, I don't know what you make of any of that rant, but the expectations <laughs> for this team are just so low now. You know what I make of that rant? Stop the lockdowns, okay? Stop the lockdowns. It's making everyone <laughs> crazy around here. Let's get these stadiums filled. Let's go back to some normalcy. I will I will take that and run with it. Early in the game, I was like, man, I wish there were fans at the link last night. Yeah. They would have been booing the piss out of that team. Oh. And it would have been awesome. It would have made for a way better broadcast. Well, I mean, there was just so many odd things going on last night. Didn't you find it odd that Jeffrey and Howie look like they're in other sides of the stadium last night yep. viewing that game? That was kind yep. of strange. Yep. And they didn't look e- very happy, either of them. But uh, no. that's to be expected. No. 
But this, um, I mean, again, with injuries that they have, let's think about it. They're what? What is their record? Three, seven, and one? Or are they three, six, and one? Through the- three, seven, and one. Three, uh, seven, and one. Think about this, for example. If we don't beat Ben DiNucci, the Cowboys, which, I mean, that's like throwing out there a high school quarterback. I mean, this team could feasibly only have one win on their resume. If Daniel yeah. Jones, if Evan Ingram doesn't drop that pass, I mean, it's. Right. They'd already been swept by the Giants. I mean, they beat San Francisco because they had backup Nick Mullins at quarterback. I mean, we all know, right. and obviously they were dealing with some injuries as well. I, I mean, yep. this is a terrible. Would, would this team have a win if Travis Fulgham wasn't on the roster? Probably not. It's funny you speak right. of a man by the name of Travis Fulgham. Do you remember him? Well, at one point, I know during a four-game stretch, he looked like the best wide receiver on the Philadelphia Eagles. But like many others, he has entered the witness protection (laughs) program. Yeah. All right, well, take me through it, man. I know we got a little sidetrack there yeah. to kick off the brother love. All podcast. right, well, let's it, let's it start off. Yeah, a, ends up being a twenty-three seventeen window dressing loss to Seattle in front of the whole world on Monday Night Football. And um, your biggest takeaways: sure. why this team stinks so much. Whatever you'd like to run with, my friend, the floor is yours. All right, let's uh, let's. Hey, why don't we start at the beginning of the game? Okay, the Seattle Seahawks jump off sides. Therefore, it brings up first and five, right? When Headed team, in the right direction. Huh? Headed in the right direction. There you go. When a team has first and five, you have so, so many capabilities on offense to kind of run whatever type you play. What I'd like to do is perhaps, I don't know, maybe run the ball on first down. Now, why would we run? Why would we do what is so clear and obvious, right? Why would we run the football? No. Let's just go a couple pass plays, and now we're back to three now. I'll tell you why. And I know it was more rhetorical. What, because Seattle has the worst pass defense in the league? I get it. Well, that that for sure. But I guarantee you with those scripted plays, you know, here's the problem that I have with the coach, all right? And fire him. Fire him today. Fire him tomorrow. Fire him last night at halftime. I don't care. I might say it 500 times on this podcast. Fire Doug Peterson. However, he can't get out of his own way, and God forbid he make an adjustment. So, you know, they have those first plays scripted up. They kick off. They get the ball. They know what they're running. That should have been working on it all week, virtually or otherwise. So the second it's first and five, no way do we just throw in a quick run and maybe get out of our script. We got to go with the plays that were scripted. Like, are we – that, I guarantee you that's why they refused to run the ball there, even though they were gifted an opportunity to take advantage. You got three tries to get five yards and get into a little bit of a rhythm or at least some field position for what could be a tight game if your defense shows up. You know, And I just don't think that Doug Peterson's willing to – he can't think one play ahead, John Mita. No, so let is. alone when something gets turned upside down like an early penalty or an early turnover or any of that, he's just lost. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. And it, it just seems like, listen, this team had trouble getting a first half to like it in the second half. Like five minutes ago in the second half, they finally got their first first down. Yeah, in the second quarter. You're in right. In the yeah. second quarter. I mean, it's just, it, it's just, it's so predictable. I, I, I can't, honest to God, like 
I feel like when I throw in the Philadelphia Eagles and watching this football game, I feel like I'm in a mental institution. I'm not even kidding. I mean, I'm kidding when I say that, but hopefully people understand the point. When you watch the same stuff over and over and over, and I, 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 I can't take it. I, I, I just, I can't take it. I mean, it's, and it's in every face, you know, and we'll, we'll get the defense, you know, we're, we're going to get there too. Listen, the defense played tremendous last night. Okay. That was the one bright spot of the game that I saw. They played extremely well. Um, what I didn't like is the fact that apparently Jim Schwartz thought it was a great idea to approach DK Metcalf before the game and tell him that, I don't know, in some sort of way, they kind of remind him of uh, Calvin Johnson, Megatron, but uh, you're not there yet. Oh, that's great. Great. Love it when a coach throws bulletin board material up for the other team. That's fantastic. I can't wait to see him get fired. But anyway, but again, this guy's torching slight slight. I'll tell you, big kudos. To, um, well, we'll get to that later. But now I'm all over the map. But for a guy like... DK Metcalf, you knew that, that they were going to go at. Because, like, the last time the Eagles played the Seahawks, DK Metcalf during the playoffs, he went absolutely bananas. What I want to get is if a receiver, and this goes back to your point of the coaching staff making adjustments, if DK Metcalf is torching you, why not double-team him? There's one play where there was actually was single high safety, no safety over the top, Rodney McLeod staring in the backfield, DK Metcalf goes streaking down the field for 52 yards. I, I just, the scheming, them not turning around, them not playing the football, I, I, I can't take any of it. I, I just I, I just want the whole entire coaching staff to be fired. Listen, if Deuce wants to hang around, maybe he's in consideration for the head coaching possibility, but everyone else needs to get zipped out of town. I don't know what Press Taylor brings to the table, the QB coach, it, it seems like he. There's no, there, there's nothing that gets improved. I just don't get it. But you know, people can blame Carson. I, I give you, the guy's played terrible. I just don't understand where a guy that has shown that he could be a very good, a top fifteen quarterback in this league, and now statistically, over one year, he is ranked in the bottom in every statistical category. Like, what can that be? He's having one of the worst seasons of any, of any quarterback any of all time. Yeah, any quarterback. I mean, he looks yeah. like Dave Craig, for God's sakes. And that's got to be on the coaches to a large it's extent. It's got to be because, like, they just – and, again, let's, let's, also, let's also look at the weapons on this team, okay? I watch a ton of football, as do you, Joe, and as do many of our listeners. None of our receivers get separation. Like, they, they don't win their one-on-one matchups. Seth Joyner brought up a great point. Love hearing from Seth. He's like, if, if corners come up to press our wide receivers, none of them can beat press coverage because they don't know how to use their hands. Again, we hired a new coach, a wide receivers coach in the offseason. I, I just don't see and, – and just the play calling. Like, the, the one play was – was was um the one play was a uh, – a, a back shoulder fade to, to, to Jalen Rieger. Am I missing something here? When when do you throw a back shoulder fade 
to a 5'11 wide receiver. Like, those are meant to go to your bigger receivers, those types of routes. Throw a slant route to them. I mean, they tried a little bit to get them in space. Again, the play design is crappy. The whole thing sucks. I I, I can't take it anymore. You know, and, and, and here we go. We're on our way to Lambeau at 425 this Sunday. Prepare for the shellacking of a lifetime. I mean, it, it's – I just want this bad nightmare of 2020 to end, both, you know, football-wise, um, world-wise. I mean, it, it, it's just – it's brutal. I, I, I can't take it anymore. I, I, I'm, I'm done. I'm done. So I, I, I don't have anything else to add. It's just I, I can't take it. I mean, I'd love to give you some more. And Miles Sanders touches the ball, what, eight times last night? Dude, they're the only team in NFL history, and I took a picture of this because I know you're king and stat of the day, and I know you're going to throw this up here. Oh, John Mina's got a stat of the oh, day. Oh, yeah, Bring courtesy it. of my friend Reuben Frank, right? The Eagles are eighth in NFL in pass attempts and 31st and yards per pass play. Like, how is that even – how does that even make sense? It almost looks like the, uh, the anomalies of the uh, presidential election. Here we go. The Eagles are 28th in the NFL in rush attempts and third in yards per running play. <laughs> like, like, what? Like, the, from that statistic alone, like, that's, like, utterly impossible, right? Yeah, like, like, they're throwing it with no success and throwing it pretty much more than everybody, and they're running it uh, quantity-wise almost <laughs> as – as least as anybody in the league, but they're running it better than anybody in the league. So it's like, at what point in the middle of the week do you not look at the stats or the numbers or break down the tape and go, where are we successful? And well, it ain't throwing the ball. Yeah, I mean, it's Joe, Joe what the hell are we going to do here? What are we going to do? Listen, I, I appreciate you bringing the stat of the day. It saves me. So good job Thanks. by you. Uh, I had been on fire with yes, those lately, but here's what I got. Uh, tell okay? me, please. Again, I go to the notepad. All right, the notepad was busy last night. I don't care about the quarterback or the line or the penalties or the lack of skill players or COVID affecting the practice time or the bad calls from the refs or the media circus or any of it. Fire the coach. Fire him. I know there's other problems. Howie's got to go. Add him to the list. See you later. The quarterback stinks right now, but he's fixable. He's talented. He just needs a hard reset. Uh, I mean, his accuracy, the ball placement still off. Even when it looks like they have something set up, a screen pass, a swing pass, a check down, the ball is just a little off. The receiver's got to turn. The running back's going to stop. Miles Sanders can't catch anything that's not right at his chest, for Christ's sake, and they just are out of sync. Um, you know, And they got bad body language, too. Sanders gave him, like, the motion to get the passes up. Well, catch the damn ball. It hits you in the hands. Alshon, frustrated that he was open down the sideline. He walks off the, you know, uh, after another three and out, looking disgusted. The coaches look flat. The line looks miserable. The, the general manager looks like he wants to jump out of the press box. Like, the whole thing just reeks of a bad organization. And I don't know how we got here. I don't know how we got here so quickly. As a fan of the Philadelphia Eagles franchise, I'm not sure how the hell it happened, but we should have seen the signs, I guess, uh, you know, on the wall, so to speak, because it is bad. It is really bad. And I would say right now, from what I've seen around the NFL, 
the Jets, and I don't watch much of them, the Bears, and probably the Jaguars, because, I, again, I don't see them much, but their offense stinks. I would put the Eagles in that echelon of offense right now as far as no creativity, no flow, no identity, little talent, disastrous line, and a coach that is absolutely lost. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable right now. Uh, what else do I got? Oh, let's just stick with the head coach. By the way, fire him. Uh, he still feels behind all the time. Wasted a challenge. Bad timeouts. Late play calls. Punt the ball on fourth and two for crying out loud. What are you doing at your own 48? What are you doing? Your defense has played great. Punt the ball. Nope. That gave Seattle three points. Batted ball at the line. Shocker, by the way. Rewatch that play. Richard Rodgers, the intended target, wasn't even open. And if he caught it, he was probably going to get tackled and get one yard, not two. Uh, You know, it's a one-score game at that point. Defense is playing well. Punt the damn ball. Fourth and four. Down 11. Kick the chip shot field goal. I swear to God, Doug Peterson coached like last night like he wants to be fired. You know, there's eight minutes or ten minutes left in that game. Punt the ball. You're back down, or excuse me, kick the field goal, kick it off, and you're down one score. I know you need a two-point conversion because Jake Elliott stinks, but you're still down one score. Eight touches for Miles Sanders, as you touched on. That is fireable in its own right. Like, give me a break. I can't stand the head coach. Fire him. Uh, list of players to put on the goddamn bus and get them out of town. Remember we did the bus out of Philly with all the athletes? Now I got an Eagles bus for you. Jake Elliott, hardly knew you. See you later. Matt Pryor, don't weigh down the back of the bus. Roby Coleman, you stink. I don't care if he made one play last night. You stink. And Jason Peters, hardly knew you. I mean, just get out of town. I can't stand half this football team right now. They make me want to puke. And let me just add this, okay? This is where I start to get really frustrated with this football team because, you know, Listen, we talked about the Super Bowl. I think you and I at the time said, like, we, we swear just win this Super Bowl. We'll never be, like, upset about the team again. We'll be, I think that lasted, like, one snap into the first game of 2018 before I was like, screw it. I don't care about the Super Bowl anymore. I want to win more, right? Like, initially, it's like, I'm going to back off this team. They did it. They climbed to the top of the mountain. And that didn't last long. And I'm at the point now, John Mita, where I don't care what you did for the Eagles in 2017. I don't, I don't care anymore. You know, it's a great story. Those guys will always be welcomed back with open arms. Time will, you know, water under the bridge. Eventually, Jason Peters will have his legacy back in Philly, which he's just tainting terribly right now. But I can't, like, I don't care anymore. I don't care if Jake Elliott hit big field goals in the Super Bowl. You can't make a simple kick anymore. See you later. Like, the fact that this organization continues to just hand out contract extensions and bring guys back and Vinny Curry, who's coming back next? Timmy Jernigan? Like, I don't care anymore if you want us a Super Bowl, if you can't play or you got a bad attitude, get the hell out of town. I'm almost finished, I promise. Nikel Roby Coleman <laughs> signing, terrible. Javon Hargrave signing, terrible. Will Parks played 10 snaps last night. He got cut today. Jernard Avery, who I didn't even remember, Jannard Avery, the Eagles traded a fourth-round pick in this upcoming draft for Jannard Avery, who doesn't even play. So we're already without a fourth-round pick in 2021 now because of Jannard Avery. I don't even know what number he wears. Again, he doesn't play. Howie Roseman, see you later, dude. You are 
awful at your job, fire him. Fire the coach. Fire the GM. Run it back with Wentz and a cap that's way out of whack. And pray to God that with the fifth overall pick and the 35th overall pick that you get two players that actually contribute on this football team. Just pray to God. Pray to God. I mean, that, and that, that's it. And, and again, you just, I mean, I love the fa- I, I just love the fact pick, whatever that, well, I mean, you know, the organization, well, the commentators last night, I mean, they just buried the organization for what's going on, like the ineptitude of Howie Roseman. And, you know, I'm sure people saw it over the weekend and people know my feelings as well. Like, uh, with, they should have drafted Jeremy Chin. I mean, the guy has two touchdowns. He looks like he's going to become the rookie defensive player of the year. And Justin Jefferson, now that Joe Burrow got injured and Justin Herbert's kind of been struggling a little bit, he might become the offensive rookie of the year. And if you put those two guys on your football team, this team's automatically better on both sides of the ball. Yeah. And it just, and we just. Well, let me ask you this because I've been thinking about this. We talk about DK Metcalf, and you always, every organization passed on guys, right? It just happens. You know, you make a bad pick, you pick out a need, you go for best athlete, and you blow it and you miss on some guys. It happens. Obviously, revisionist history, and we can critique these guys to all hell. But do you think, like, are you 100% certain? that Metcalf and, and Justin Jefferson or Jeremy wouldn't be screwed up by this coaching staff? Are you, are you 100% <laughs> well, well, that, sure, I mean, Johnny, again, that DK Metcalf would be a star, would be a star in this league if he's on the Eagles right and, now? And that, that is a quite – that is a tremendous valid point by you. Because, I, no, I, I don't believe in any of the do. coaches. I don't believe in the special teams right. coach. I don't believe in the D-back coach. Like, what What if we had DK, DK Metcalf right now, and he and he's literally a healthy scratch. He can't play. He's got a bad attitude. He's just a big body. I mean, and, and you bring I, up a, game, a great point, because case in point, like, you know, Sidney Jones and Rasul Douglas are starting for their respective football teams, but apparently couldn't earn a roster spot here, even though they were both from that yeah. 2017 LJ draft. Fort, cut, cut by the Eagles, starting linebacker for the Ravens. I mean, we've been over all these guys. And listen, that happens. I mean, I'm sure in Detroit they're going, oh, we had Travis Fulgham. What were we thinking? You know? But uh, I just think, you know, there's just so many – there's so many intangibles, and I just don't trust the coaching staff. Yeah. It's – it's uh, Joe, were you on the fan phone? Somebody calling you? Maybe it's Ga- no, no, Gary Bettman from the NHL dialing in. Spam call, spam oh, call. Uh, Can we stop? Remember those good old days, people? Does everyone remember that when nobody had access to your cell phone number? Those were the good old days. You know, you got rid of your home line. Nobody had your cell yeah. number. Now you don't get all these robo calls and all these bull scam calls. People calling you from all parts of the world. Oh God. I do like now that they, they a lot of times they give you the potential spam pops up. Or you scam know, likely. I that like that. That's another garbage. great indicator. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I agree. Yeah, my bad there. I probably won't cut that out either because I'm lazy. So my apologies there. Uh, and don't worry. Jefferson supports. hasn't chimed in yet. He's in full map mode. Yeah, he's he's <laughs> ready though. I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I just got a couple more things for you, John Mina. All yeah. right. Uh, yeah. Fire the coach. Yeah. Did I say that yet? Um, I thought the defense, like you said, came to play. 
I think that uh, they were disciplined in their scheme. Now, obviously, the penalties killed them. The boneheaded penalties, especially early in the game, like, wake up. Um, but they came to play. And I, a lot of the misdirection, the bootlegs, the defensive ends held their ground. You know, and gosh, that the, the biggest play, obviously, was the 52-yarder to Metcalf, right? It's still scoreless. You're praying to God the offense gets it going. You know at some point Seattle is going to either hit a deep shot or they're going to score. And Brandon Graham was .1 second away from rocking Russell Wilson and causing a fumble rather than rocking him after he let that ball go coming off that edge. If he's there a split second sooner or Wilson doesn't deliver that ball on time, you know, that A, Metcalf's not catching it because it's not going anywhere that pass but it's most likely a turnover, or if nothing else, that was a third and 13, it was punting time. And the Eagles could have gotten off the field again. So it just seems like that's the way things go with this team. You know, every week, they're close. At times, they they blow it. They make mistakes. They take dumb penalties. They drop the ball. They, they can't figure it out. They can't ever put together even close to a consistent game. And we're like, you know, we're 10 weeks into this thing, dude. 11 weeks into this thing. They stink. And it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. They're so bad. The Eagles are so bad. They make good teams look bad. That was another half crap game. You know, for, for a national, like if you're, if you're, uh, you know, Dave Mead is sitting in Kansas watching that game last night, you probably wanted to puke unless you had fantasy football or gambling implications. Because it's just bad football. The Eagles made the Sea Seahawks didn't even show up, and they won comfortably. Yeah, I mean it's and and here comes the road. I mean the road doesn't get any easier. You got to go play Aaron Rodgers. Think you're going to win that game at Lambeau after we beat them last year? They'll probably remember that one. And Devonte Adams is yep. as healthy as ever. Look for him to torch our secondary, and then you have the Saints. Drew Brees could be back, potentially back for that game. And then you got the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, I I don't see this getting – I see us sitting right where we are. I don't know if we win another football game this season, to be honest. I really don't. Maybe we could sneak another division win in, possibly, but I, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Arizona because they're kind of falling off a little bit, but there's just nothing good. And, okay – but so then Jeffrey Lurie's got to take notice. The big report came out this week that Jeffrey – Yeah, yeah. let's go there. In a little transition from that terrible football game, we could throw that right that – you could throw that one right back in the bag, sir, with every other garbage performance we've seen this year. But um, <laughs> uh, hopefully they'll give us some money for that free advertisement, the bag, sir. Anyway, um, there's a report that came out that basically stated that Jeffrey Lurie – has been noticing uh, – it was observed that he was walking out of practices and disgust, and he didn't travel to the Cleveland Browns game because he is so mad and upset with the direction of his football team. Well, I got news for you, Jeffrey. So were the thousands of Eagles fans in the tri-state area and all across the country. Um, you know, we're pissed off as well. So there's only one thing you can do. And that is just to get rid of everybody, and including your good friend Howie Roseman. If you still want him to do your taxes, that's yep. fine. We won't. We don't really care about that. But other than that, it's time to clean house. It's time. It, it's time for an organizational house cleaning because 
you committed a huge investment in your starting quarterback. And I, like you said before, earlier in the podcast, I don't think he's broken. I just think he, he, he can be fixed. The town's there. He's done it in years past. He's, he's been a successful football player, but right now, like you said before, he needs a hard reset. Let's just wipe everything clean. Let's just, do you like the owner being no, involved? No, and then and that's the other. Well, that, to that, trade that's up the other for thing. Wentz or to sign Wentz or to play no, a certain no. guy. No, and that's or to and that's what we've heard guy. whispers. You know, everyone saying, well, "Why the hell is Alshon Jeffrey playing?" Well, I, no, I don't like that either. No, you you put the people in place. You let them do your job. You you give the squad a rah rah if you're there to. I mean, it's you know, the more hands off, the better. I think. Look at a guy like Robert like, Kraft. Uh, again, Do you think this... he has any input on roster, on anything? No. No, he's too busy at the uh, strip malls uh, in Florida, you know, exactly. relaxing yeah. himself. Well, you know, everyone likes a good massage, <laughs> Joe. I mean, don't hate him. I mean, my God. Anyway. <laughs> but Jerry Jones, you know, the most involved owner in the NFL. Yes, is the biggest yes. They've been so successful over the last 30 years you know? since the last so... time they've won a Super Bowl. Very successful. Their highlights are Exa- on VHS exactly. tapes, you know, and and I'd like to keep it that way. I don't like it. I don't like it. If Lori's involved, if he's if he's given the only thing he should be doing after games is congratulating the players after a win, patting them on the back after a tough loss, and telling the coach to keep fighting. And other than that, when the season ends or when a train wreck is is headed your way, which is heading, you know, the direction right now this franchise is going. You got to make a move. You have to have the foresight to make the move, and you got to have the balls to make the move. And it's time. And I would fire Doug Peterson immediately. I would fire Howie Roseman before the draft. And I would tell Deuce Staley, the ship is yours. Take the keys to the car. You got a month. Show us you are the next head coach of this football team, and we don't need to interview anybody else. And that's exactly what I would do. He's respected in the locker room. Tory Smith on his Twitter page today posted a photo of Deuce Staley when there was a tweet that, uh, you know, from, from Peterson's press conference, he said he would be open or it's on the table that maybe he would step away from play calling if things don't improve. Torrey Smith right away jumped on Twitter, posted a picture of his former assistant coach and Deuce Staley. I've been saying it for weeks. I'm going to keep beating this drum. Deuce Staley gets it. He knows what it's like to be in Philly. He knows what it's like to be an Eagle. He knows the organization. He's worked with talented head coaches. He's helped running backs develop. We've had guys come out of nowhere and have success as running backs in this franchise with Deuce Staley at the helm, whether it's Corey Clement or whether it was – who was that clown, Bryce Brown, that rushed for like 200 games three weeks in a row or 200 yards on that miracle game. Like, Deuce Staley's been around. He has helped guys get better. He's helped running backs come out of nowhere. You know, J.H.I.'s best half season, season and a half with Deuce Staley. I don't, you know, Jordan Howard last year seemed to play well when he was here and healthy. Deuce Staley. Miles Sanders is a beast when given the football. Deuce Staley. And maybe I'm giving him too much credit. Maybe I'm giving this guy too much credit, but I think he has respect to the locker room. And in football, that's huge. Can you motivate and rally these men to believe in you? And Doug Peterson was able to do that for a while. I don't believe he's able to do that anymore. Fire the coach, hire Deuce Staley. Give him a shot the last four or five weeks. I mean, at, at this point, what? Why not? Let's see what happens. I mean, I mean, 
Doug's out of excuses. Uh, he, Listen to the press conferences. He keeps talking about moving pieces and young players. Time's up, Dougie. You're out of excuses. This team has not improved at all, at all. It's time to move on. Make the move sooner rather than later. I would start Hurts at quarterback because, again, Wentz has gotten no better. What do you have to lose? Start the kid. I don't care if he sucks. Wentz sucks right now. The team sucks right now. Play Hurts. It can't be any worse than it is right now because I'm seeing it, dude. I'm telling you, and I sound like a broken record. There are plays to be made out there. It's not all on Wentz. He's rattled. He's been hit a thousand times. I don't blame him, but there are plays to be made. There are open receivers. There are progressions that he's not making the right read on. I don't blame him for all of it. Okay. He's at the fourth or fifth thing on my list. The offensive lines above him, the crappy head coaches above him, the lack of personnel is above him. But he's on there because he hasn't been, he hasn't been wearing the cape. Okay. He hasn't been anything near perfect. He's throwing a ghost. I don't blame him though. Fix everything else. Get back to it with Wentz. Do stale as your head coach the rest of the season. Yeah, get it done. Somebody can be become the interim defensive coordinator. I'm just kidding, but am I? Um, yeah, no, I, I like the plan. I like <laughs> the plan. Not. I mean, it's. I, I'm just. I'm ready to throw this. I'm in this season in a big dumpster, and you know me, Joe. My draft ears will be perking up, but you got to put the. You got to uh, put the people in the position. And listen, board. I'm willing to submit my resume. I think I'll get it in very early this year and uh, see if I got a shot. You know, what do you think? I would love to have you run the draft because, um, you know, pretty much every year when I ask you who you like or if you like a certain pick, you've been spot on. You told me Jeremy Chin was the guy before the draft. You told me during the second round, Jeremy Chin's the pick. And then you told me, which I went to burn, he was going to be the pick if Hertz wasn't there. I'm like, if one team could have just picked Hertz. <sighs> anyway, we got that. Yeah. Um, the the young linebackers. It's one yeah. positive I have. Uh, they're getting good snaps. They're getting good reps. Hopefully, you see more young players down the stretch. Jordan Mailata had a decent game. Yeah, he was ranked the third um, best offensive lineman you know, from Week 12, by the way. But this is a guy that's been sitting on your bench yeah. for weeks. Anyway, that's a whole nother discussion. Right. And it gave up six yeah. more sacks. I mean, it's been it's been crazy. Any mm-hmm. pauses from you with with this football team? Uh, Anything at all? Uh, I mean, the punter looked good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been our best player all no, year. No, no. I mean, Dude, the positives, right, like a, you said, no. I mean, you, I would agree with you, man. Cute. The linebackers, yep. I mean, Singleton, he brought it. We've seen Edwards bring it before. Again, I still think, listen, this team is still lacking that one, like that defensive captain. They need somebody that's going to be the voice. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, Malcolm Jenkins. They need the Brian Dawkins. I don't care if it's – they need a linebacker or a safety that's going to become the guy, if you know what I mean, that is totally going to become the general yeah. of the defense. No, I do. And that's – that's one of the things that they need to improve on on that that side of the ball. And so I'll be looking forward to them yep. fulfilling that, maybe, hopefully. I'm sure you saw this uh, on What's Twitter it? or elsewhere, but it was basically like a look back at the 2019 and 2020 draft picks and how they performed last no, night for the Eagles. 
Uh, Sharif Miller cut today, who was a 2019 draft pick, never played a defensive snap. He was cut today. Um, obviously, Hurts, two snaps. Hightower had one yard. Quez Watkins, I don't even know if that guy's alive. Uh, Jalen Rager had like 40-some yards. Big deal. Miles Sanders had six touches. Uh, Andre Dillard, Hurts. Uh, Clayton Thorson's not even on the roster anymore. He's the Giants emergency quarterback at this point. Um, I mean, gosh, did I miss anybody? Uh, keep going. It's so beautiful. I mean, my God. Arcega Whiteside. Uh, where was he? Was he handing out Gatorade Arcega on the sideline? Or maybe some hot yep. chocolate. Yep. So, so last year you have you have Dillard, hurt. You have Arcega Whiteside and Sanders. We talked about them. Uh, the quarterback Thorson, not even on the team. Shreve Miller was just cut. I don't know who they took after that. And this year, Rager, Hertz, Davion Taylor. Oh, forgot him. No snaps defensively. Kayvon Wallace, no right. snaps defensively. Uh, Quez Watkins and John Hightower. Yeah. So there you have it. There are the last two draft classes for the Eagles and what they got from yeah. them last night, which was literally a couple of touches. From exactly. And if we and really want to go insult to injury, we could even go one year before that to the 2017 class. Look, Derek Barnett finally made some plays. Welcome. We had a Derek Barnett yeah. signing. You know, we good. did it. How long Nobody did got last? to see Nate Jerry because he's back in the witness protection program. Thank God. And uh, so that's your 2017 mm. class remaining. So uh, all in all, the last three years, I mean, again, and this is, this is what hamstrings your football team, okay? When you cannot replenish and you don't fulfill positions with starters in the first and second rounds for your football team, like in my opinion, first round guys, first and second round players, they need to become starters for your football team, and they also need to be Pro Bowl caliber players, depending on where you're picking. If you don't get that, then you got to search out in free agency and try to overspend, and then you are going to just basically – Blow up your entire franchise for the next five years. So strap up, Philadelphia, because uh, I don't know well, if things are going to get brother. much better that's unless, you know, we have an epiphany here, but we'll see. Yeah. You need some development from the young players on your roster. You need to absolutely hit a home run in this year's draft, and you need Carson Wentz to get back to his form with a new coach. That is the only way the Philadelphia Eagles next year are even close to relevant. And they're going to have to dump a bunch of salaries. So, again, comes back to the young players filling those shoes. I mean, just unbelievable. All right, we covered Jeffrey Lurie and his involvement. We talked about that disgusting loss last night. Uh, You and I have a spread the love coming up here in just a couple of minutes. We also want to talk some Villanova hoops. Um, I I have one – I got one more thing for you on on football, football football-related. You know what? I was thinking about this last week, so I did a little digging. The most sacked quarterback since 1970, okay? I don't know if that's when they started keeping the stat or what, but this is basically – this will tell you why you have – if you didn't think the Eagles were going to stink as this year moved along, it should have been proof in the pudding. In 2002, David Carr was sacked 76 times, the most ever by an NFL quarterback. That was an expansion Texans team. Houston went 4-12. and Randall Cunningham in 1986 was sacked 72 times. The Eagles were 5-10-1. and one. In 2005, David Carr again in Houston, 68 times he was sacked. They went 2-14. And, and in 2006, John Kitna, the Lions, was sacked 63 times. They went 3-13. and 
Carson Wentz now is what, 46 sacks with five games left? You get in that 60 range, I just gave it to you. Nobody on that list, the top four most sacked quarterbacks in NFL history since 1970, four and 12, five, 10 and one, two and 14, three and 13, the records of those teams. You just don't give yourself a chance. And on top of that, you're beating literally the life out of your franchise. He's broken. He's beaten. He doesn't know what to look at. He's jittery. His mechanics are terrible. And it's all probably because he's mentally and physically beat to hell. You got to sit him down, man. They just need to sit him down. All right, Johnny. All right. All right. uh, Nova Nation, who uh, got off to a 2-0 start and dropped the game, and they're in progress. Yeah, man, it should be, I mean, through the grace of God and everything going on with COVID, hopefully we can get this NCAA basketball season in. Obviously, there's no fans right now. Um, The NCAA is talking about a plan to essentially bring the whole NCAA tournament to Indianapolis so that they can create their own bubble, so to speak. Um, yeah, right now the Cats are ranked number three in the country. They started off season a, a decent win against Boston College, and then they faced the Arizona State Sun Devils in the championship, and they had another good performance. They have a lot of returning guys. They've you got to look at Jay's. You got to love Jay's teams because he always has some good like senior leadership at the top. And then a nice infusion of a bunch of young guys, but they're returning a lot of starters. The only one that doesn't really return from the team is Sadiq Bay. Congratulations to him. He was drafted Detroit Pistons this year in the NBA draft, but they got some good newcomers. They got a transfer from the University of Tulane. He's like a shooting guard slash wing player, Caleb Daniels. He averaged like 15 points a game for the Tulane Green Wave. He's now, you know, eligible to play. He had some really nice games. The Cats did – they picked up another game due, with, due to COVID. They picked up another game so they could play Virginia Tech because their game against – Temple was supposed to play Virginia Tech, but then they got hit with the virus, so then Nova in the middle of the night picks up another game. They weren't even really supposed to play Virginia Tech. Jay decided to take the game. They did get upset. It moved them to 12th in the country, but – again, it was like their third game in four days, um, so I'm sure they were a little – they had some tired legs, but Virginia Tech has proved to be a decent ACC team. So, all in all, man, the Cats, they're looking good. I think they're going to be down the stretch. I think they'll be in the fold to uh, do some very big things. They have a player of the year candidate and Jeremiah Robinson Earl. He's a great power forward. can pretty much do everything, you know, def- both defensively, offensively. It's um, So, it's, um, it's going to be a good year for the Cats, and who knows? Um, you know, maybe they can find their way back to title town. So I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure everyone that's following this program and Jay's, I mean, you got to put Jay in the conversation with, you know, top five. Listen, if he wins another national championship there, that'll give him three national championships. I mean, you're, you're going to have to put him in, in the discussions of, you know, top five NCAA coaches in the history of the game. I mean, I know that's a bold statement to say, but, Clearly, he's going to be a Hall of Fame coach, and, um, you know, we'll go from there. So, All right, John. Man. Yeah, and they're currently the winning, so they're sure that are worried. The they're uh, up 76 oh, to yeah. um, 47. So, right now, they're currently covering the number by two and a half points right now with four minutes to go in the second half. <laughs> for, for all, for all right, you gamblers uh, out there. I'm oh, glad you oh. brought that up. Let's. 
Yes. Yeah, let's talk about the Eagles with a backdoor cover. If you had uh, if you had Eagles oh, yeah. plus six and a half last night, the inexplic again. Right. Why are you even yeah. going for two there? Like, I mean. But yeah, well, oh, did you hear I'm about sorry. the guy in Arizona? Or the, right. the guy they in come. Vegas? Did you hear about this guy? You didn't hear about this. No. So this guy dropped five hundred thousand dollars on Seattle to cover last night. As you could tell by them not cover, huh? At what six and a half? At six and a half. So At six and a half. As you could tell, uh, he was Ooh. an angry better this morning. He even went to so far right the NFL, and he said the game was fixed, and he left the the Venmo account open for the NFL to respond and give him his money back. I swear to God, you got to see the letter. It's hysterical. Because <laughs> he pointed to that that play call. Remember when Carson Wentz was getting chased out of the pocket and they said that they didn't call him for intentional grounding? Yeah. He got but, the ball uh, line of scrimmage. Hilarious. Yeah. A Hail Mary. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, listen, the calls were terrible both ways. The Hail Mary is obviously a miracle. And then the go for two makes literally right. no sense. Well, I don't geez, care what practice because they go for to. like 83% of the time. So why not? Yeah, I'm with it. Spread the love. I'm going to do right, two quick the ones. The first one I'm going to do is spread the love to Vinny Curry. I just found out about a week and a half ago that he wears the number 75 because he went to the school, uh, Marshall, and Marshall basically lost her entire football cr- program to a horrible plane crash, and I forget what year that was. But um, So big ups to Vinny, giving the tribute to Hazel Cunt. It was. My boy was Matthew McConaughey. Movie, I love him. It was a good movie. So I'm going to give little Vinny Curry yep. spread the love there. I thought that was a really cool anecdote. And then my second spread the love is going to go to Darius Big Play Slay. And people are going to go, why the hell would you spread the love to Darius Slay? This is why I'll spread the love to Darius Slay. Darius Slay is one of the first athletes that has come out in this city, knows that he didn't have a good job, and basically laid it on the hands of himself and said, I had a terrible game. We were the reason why we lost. So, listen, I, I love guys that can own it, you know, and, and and you don't see that a lot. So, big play slight. I'm still looking for his first pick. I know it's coming any day now, but um, I got to – listen, the guy's been nothing but good all year. He had one bad game. And for him to come out – Yeah. Well, listen, no, did he I even really have don't. a bad game? I think I Metcalf, mean, honestly, just, Metcalf just had a great game. Like, he just, was in listen, his hip Russell pocket Wilson all game. made some yeah. good throws that were just – on the money, right? Exactly. So I don't throws, really. I mean, the stats will tell you otherwise. But look at the big difference, right? The big difference is I don't know if you Eagles fans remember the great acquisition of what was that guy's name? Maxwell was it? It was a Byron. Was it Byron Maxwell? Byron Maxwell when yeah, he gets Byron torched Maxwell, by Julio got. Jones on the opener of Monday Night Football and he starts laughing once he hears the statistics. Yep. That's the difference. Okay. There's a big difference. So, anyway, that's why I yep. spread the love. I hear you. Good job. I got to spread oh, the love. Sarah Fuller. Vandy, the Commodores. He's available. Becoming the first female to play in a Power Five NCAA football game. Uh, Power Five being those big conferences. Sarah Fuller spreading the love outstanding job she's part of their soccer team there women's soccer team uh, program if i if i read the story right and uh they had some issues with their 
with their kicker. And Sarah Fuller kicked off to start the second half, a little squib kick down the right sideline. She executed it perfectly. And I just saw on Yahoo Sports that she has listed a top Vanderbilt depth chart, and she could kick against number nine Georgia this weekend. So Sarah Fuller, the soccer player, turned football player, first female to ever play uh, in a big-time NCAA game like that, get in and, and Way make to go. Like it, Joey. Sarah Fuller, well done. Spread the love. All right. All right. Any prediction on the game this week? Any prediction? Podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, Packers 72. All right, I'm going to be a little nicer. Seven. I'm going to go Packers 34. The good news Eagles, is, is that Aaron Rodgers. 17. <laughs> I love the 17. I love the 17. Although we don't kick so field goals. Team. Uh, you know what? Ever score Packers 34, points. Eagles 16. <laughs> There you exactly go. right. Two two point conversions in there. I mean, listen, I'll, I'll say this: if they have any chance to win this football game, we know what the and rest. Get of some is. damn turnovers. We don't, we, we don't turn anybody do over that? this year. That's the other problem. You run the ball. Yep. Love that. So, time of possession, win the turnover battle. Maybe you're in at the end, but most likely it'll be another frustrating three and a half hours, and we'll be puking. Uh, you know, yeah. verbal vomiting about it this time next week. All right, Johnny Mitty, you are the man. Uh, appreciate all love and support, people tuning in. And listen, this is, I think, the first time as an entire city, as a fan base worldwide, that I can remember that everybody's on the same page. It's bad. It's, it's worse than bad. It's embarrassing. It's disgusting the way this team has played. And something's got to change. And the whole fan base is united in that. It's not like, hey, do this. or Everybody knows it's all broken, right? It's not like, wow, they just need to run the ball. No, there's like 50 things. And the whole fan base sees it. The national media sees it. And hopefully, you know, the, the heat gets turned up in the kitchen enough that the ownership, that Jeffrey Lurie decides it's time for a change because I think well said, buddy. has to. Well said. You too, my friend. Thanks for everyone listening. Appreciate all the brotherly love and support to this program. I'd say fly goes fly, but it's a waste of time and energy at this point. Brother 